Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and I'm here to provide regular bursts of information and inspiration, some neuroscience applicable to eating disorder recovery, perhaps a few rants, but otherwise lots of positivity with a bit of a Feck It attitude, some fun and a sprinkling of fabulousness to help everyone find freedom in recovery. Good morning, everybody. Well, it's morning for me anyway, and welcome to this episode of the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm actually talking to you today from a very sunny but also very cold Scotland, um, because that's where I'm staying at the moment, and it is absolutely beautiful up here. I've rediscovered my zest for travel for a little while, and I'm really embracing it. So I hope that you are digging into your authentic self and finding the things in life that really light you up inside and bring you joy and make you feel more you. Things that are nothing to do with an eating disorder. And really focus on those, choose to pursue those and build your life for those. Eradicate the eating disorder so that you can have all the things in your life that bring you joy, that light you up, that make you feel alive, because life is about feeling alive and going out there into the world and embracing it. Or if what lights you up inside is staying at home by a cosy fire and curling up with cake and Netflix, then do that too, because I certainly do. What's today's episode about then? Well, today's episode is about what a lot of people love to call quasi-recovery. And this is me wanting all of us to get real about the term quasi-recovery and eating disorders. So the term quasi-recovery is one that's widely used in the eating disorder community. And I wouldn't mind betting that you often say to people, or often say to yourself perhaps, that you're in quasi-recovery. And you mean by that really that you've got an eating disorder, you're kind of thinking about overcoming it, you're not really making any real progress, you're not really putting in much action, but the thought's there and you're reading about it and you're listening to these rubbish podcasts about it by me. And so therefore you're in quasi-recovery because yes, you are doing something, Or maybe you've gained a bit of weight at some point in the past and you eat more than you once did. And so, yes, you're calling yourself in quasi-recovery when maybe, maybe you're not really in recovery at all. So let's talk about this then. As I say, I would say that the term quasi-recovery is a label or self-diagnosis that, in my estimation, probably around 90% of people with very active eating disorders give to themselves. And I've never really liked the term quasi-recovery because it is used too flippantly. And in my view, you either have a very active eating disorder and you are actively doing very little to change that, even if you really want to change and are talking the talk about doing so, or you are actively and decisively making hard but necessary changes to overcome the eating disorder. So in my first book, which is called Addicted to Energy Deficit, I put forward the argument that when someone is describing themselves as in quasi-recovery, 
they are effectively addicted to moderation. Now, I've made podcast episodes in the past about what I mean by being addicted to energy deficit when you have a restrictive eating disorder, and what I mean about using an eating disorder, using restriction, using compensatory behaviors in a moderated way, when you're either trying to overcome one, or even when you're just staying very stable, but actually still very disordered with the eating disorder. And so in this episode, I'm going to give you an abridged version of that section from the book, but also adding another slant to it. And that other slant is that when you consider an eating disorder to be a form of addiction, then you could compare the state that many label as quasi-recovery to being highly functional, but with a very active eating disorder. Just as someone with a serious alcohol dependency or gambling addiction might be seen to be a very functional member of society, they might hold down a very powerful job, they might have a family, they might be able to go about and do things and look to the outside world like they're functioning really, really well, to the point that their addiction, which actually is really intense and very serious, isn't known about outside their trusted circles. But before jumping too far ahead, let's just put the topic into context. And so I'm going to begin by giving you a definition of quasi-recovery. Now, this definition is my definition, but because there's no recognized diagnosis of a quasi-recovery, any definitions you might come across in the reading that you do, in podcasts you listen to, in Google searches, are all going to be quite different. So my definition of quasi-recovery is that quasi-recovery is a term commonly used in eating disorder communities. It relates to when you have made some progress along the trajectory of overcoming an eating disorder, where fully consumed by the eating disorder is at one end and fully free of it is at the other. Despite your progress, it has now stalled and you are currently treading water. Prior to this, you made some changes to overcome the eating disorder. Food intake perhaps became less restrictive and other compensatory behaviours or rituals either reduced, switched or stopped. Mental and physical shifts have occurred, but you are by no means at your potential in terms of fully overcoming the eating disorder and living a life free from it. So if you're defining yourself as being in quasi-recovery, you're likely to argue that you are now eating more than you were, yet your intake remains restrictive to your body's needs and hunger. You've possibly gained some weight, and so you and the people around you might consider you to be better. But you remain below your set point, have not allowed for overshoot, and remain in energy deficit. Because you aren't engaging in exercise as much as you were, or perhaps you've reduced purging behaviours, or even replace them with daily yoga, you've managed to convince others that things are better. But you are still addictively driven by the compulsions that remain or by those that you have switched to. And when you consider yourself to be in quasi-recovery with an eating disorder, it's likely that you are very effectively engaging in life with work, studies and other pursuits, appearing to be highly functional. But this functional life is also 
most likely to be very structured and habitual, and you experience raised anxiety from any small threat to your routine. On the surface, you might be highly functional and appear successful, but your reality is that finding pleasure in life remains a challenge. Spontaneity is incredibly hard. The concept of fun is largely unknown to you. Overall, in quasi-recovery, you still have an active eating disorder and you continue to live a narrow and addicted life, even if it's a functional one. In this quasi and functional state, you will resist making any more changes that will impact on your ability to pursue your usual fix from energy deficit, keeping your weight suppressed by restriction and or compensatory behaviours. Because that fix from energy deficit is numbing, it's calming, and it allows you to remain as functional as you are. And without that fix from the eating disorder and the benefits it brings, Life can feel chaotic and you feel out of control and you're less able to be so functional. And of course, that's a terrifying concept because nobody wants to feel out of control or that their life has suddenly become chaotic and their emotions are all over the place. So how then do you reach this quasi-recovery state? Well, as I said before, I'd estimate that around 90% of people with active restrictive eating disorders label themselves as being in quasi-recovery. And that's because at least 90% of people with active eating disorders, including people who are on the edge of crisis point, remain actually quite highly functional in other aspects of their life, which allows them to believe that, yeah, everything is okay, really, and it's not as bad as all that convincing those around them that this is the case as well. No one can continue to slide back with an eating disorder without hitting a crisis point, and so the majority of people with active eating disorders catch themselves from the ongoing slide and have to work hard to tread water where they are or to stabilise themselves a little, but then remain paralysed and seemingly incapable of going further forwards. And if that's a place where you find yourself at the moment, then sooner or later you're going to have to accept that you still have a very active eating disorder. Effectively, in quasi-recovery, you still have a strong addiction to energy deficit and a very active eating disorder. It might be manifesting differently to when it started, but it needs to be recognised for what it is. Your restrictive intake might not be as significant as it has been in the past, but what remains is just as addictive. There may be less compensatory behaviours or a change from one type to another, but those that are still present remain just as compulsive. Perhaps you have gained some weight, but you are not at your natural set weight and remain in a state of energy deficit. Therefore, your addiction to a state of energy deficit is still present. It just has different behavioural patterns driving it, but it's still very life-limiting. Over the months and years, it's likely that you have adapted to the eating disordered behaviours to prevent yourself hitting a complete crisis situation, but that you continue to engage in them 
at a moderated level. And when you continue to engage with the addictive eating disordered behaviors, even in a moderated way, you're continuing to create a deeper dopamine deficit in your brain. And I've made an episode before about the dopamine balance in the brain when you have an eating disorder or any other form of addiction and what needs to happen with that dopamine balance for you to recover. But when you're also still continuing to engage with the addicted behaviors, you're also continuing to use and strengthen the deeply embedded eating disorder brain networks, not allowing them to be unwired and replaced by circuits driving an eating disorder free life. And in this way, quasi recovery is a state of being addicted to moderation. In other addictions, and even in eating disorders, reduced engagement with the drug, applying moderation, is a tool used by medical teams to minimize the risk of harm that can arise from them. And I think meal plans used by treatment teams are one way in which moderation is often applied to an eating disorder. It minimizes the risk of harm. It doesn't eradicate the eating disorder. Because ultimately, applying moderation to your drug doesn't take from the fact that the overall addiction remains massively impacting on your quality of life. And while the eating disorder is still active, there's also a significant ongoing risk of further decline. But living a moderated life in this way or a life of quasi-recovery is exhausting. When you're addicted to slightly moderated but still compelling eating disordered behaviors, trying to stay afloat and not slide back can be exhausting. In fact, it's less exhausting to be fully entrenched in the eating disorder because when you are, you don't have to apply conscious thought. You just follow the compulsively driven, miserable, but numbing habits. On the flip side, fully engaging in overcoming the eating disorder through abstinence is also less exhausting because you're in a determined and going for it state of mind. A lot more mental effort is necessary when you're in quasi-recovery and stuck in a life of moderation as you aim to eat restrictively but not too restrictively or allow yourself to engage in some compensatory behaviors but prevent them from escalating. And that can be a constant juggling act, especially when you're also having to present to the world a functioning, smiling, capable person, despite feeling like you're crumbling inside. But if you can identify with this state of being, then please take heart. There is so much hope to nurture for you. At some point you did leave the starting line and you have proof from the past that you can make changes against the eating disorder. And maybe now the time is right to get from where you are to the end of the line and finally fully overcome the eating disorder. But to move forwards from this quasi state or position of being highly functional with a very active eating disorder, it means making some significant changes. But those changes will be so worthwhile if you commit yourself to them. At this point, you do the same as anyone who wants to fully overcome a restrictive eating disorder needs to do. 
You imagine this is day one of recovery. You apply abstinence to all your behaviors and restrictive eating. You make space in your life for the focus and hard work this will take. You seek support and pull on any resources you can find. You trust yourself and your abilities, develop skills in self-empowerment and new coping skills for when life gets tough, which, believe me, it will. But studies carried out on people with alcohol and drug dependence demonstrate that those who have overcome an addiction through abstinence have a higher quality of life and greater feelings of self-trust and self-worth than those who have recovered using a moderation approach. And I think it's beyond a doubt that that's true for people with eating disorders as well. Perhaps it's time to accept that considering yourself in quasi-recovery is just hiding the fact from both yourself and those around you that you have a very powerful, addictive and complicated eating disorder that you are terrified of working to overcome, but that you also desperately want to overcome. But the only way you're going to overcome it is through determined action and doing the things that terrify you the most and making the space in your life to do that. I wish I could highlight enough just how much space in your life is needed to overcome a restrictive eating disorder, to recover. Because that space in your life is going to make all the difference between whether you recover or whether you don't. But right now you need to accept that the eating disorder is real, it's valid, and it's just as horrific for you as an eating disorder is for anyone else. Even if you remain very functional with a successful career, a family, and educational accolades despite it. Maybe now is the time to show yourself the compassion that you deserve and give yourself the best chance to have a life that is not half-lived and one in which you can thrive as your truly amazing and authentic self. But that does take courage to take those steps and to make yourself vulnerable. Ask for help. Perhaps even let yourself crumble for a while so that you can then build yourself back from the ground up. If there's one thing that I know to be true though, that is that if you have been strong enough to live with an eating disorder for this long, you are definitely strong enough to now beat it. But let yourself crumble, let yourself face the fears, let yourself cry and scream through the process because you're going to want to and you're going to need to. But if you can let yourself do that and do the hardest things by facing all the food that I know you really want to eat and letting yourself curl up and rest and relax while you do so, letting your body gain weight, letting yourself go into overshoot, letting your brain heal, it's going to be so worth it because then life becomes so much more amazing and you get to pursue the things in life that really light you up inside, that really give you a passion for life again. Because I suspect your passion for life with the eating disorder has been quite lacking for a long time. I believe you can beat this. Take that quasi-recovery and 
be able to say to the world now, I'm not in quasi-recovery, I am in active recovery. You can do that. I'm Heli. You'll find me on helibarnes.com. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Don't forget, eating disorder recovery doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be serious. Now go and grab yourself some food and have a fabulous rest of the day.